grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorite movies to watch this time of year is Elf, starring Will Ferrell. The goofy slapstick and silly situations make for a good movie. At least I appreciate the writer's sense of humor. And if you haven't seen it, I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but at the end there is a song that gets sung. And this song is Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which for a movie about an elf from the North Pole shouldn't be too surprising. Now this song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, is one you're likely all very familiar with. It was first sung on Eddie Cantor's radio show in November of 1934. I read that when the song first came out, during the height of the Great Depression, the original version included verses about being charitable and to help those less fortunate at Christmas. But have you ever taken time to sit and reflect on the lyrics of that song? It starts with a warning. You'd better watch out. You'd better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Now, I know parenting was a bit different in 1934 than it is in 2019. I get that. But when you take these lyrics out of the song and just read them, they, they kind of sound scary, don't they? Foreboding. The words carry with them almost the sense of impending doom. The bridge of the song doesn't help the situation either. Listen to this. It's referring to Santa. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. Well, all right then. And for the past 85 years, this song may have helped little boys and girls try to find their way onto the nice list. Now, I know this song is meant for helping kids to get excited for Christmas, right? For the coming of Santa. And for many on the nice list, they can sing about Santa coming as a reason to celebrate. But what about the kids who are on the naughty list? Do they have reason to celebrate? The reason I bring all this up is because in our scripture reading today, we have a similar announcement, except the Bible doesn't talk about Santa coming at Christmas, but rather our Lord and Savior Jesus coming at Christmas. And as we focus on the reading from Matthew, we get right into Joseph and his view of Christmas. Later this week, we'll focus on Jesus' birth account as recorded from the book of Luke, which shows... A more of a merry viewpoint and, and includes a, a bit more detail. But today we look at it through Joseph's eyes. Just before this pericope, we have the genealogy of Jesus in the book of Matthew. And it ends with Joseph, so it makes sense that we stay with Joseph and we hear from Scripture a special message that Joseph gets from an angel of the Lord. You see, Joseph had learned of Mary's pregnancy during their engagement to be married, and thought it was proof of her infidelity. In fact, it was very common in those days to have an engagement last for a whole year just to make sure 
there was no pregnancy coming into the marriage. This was long before home pregnancy tests and sonograms like we have today. But they knew the basic timetable and how long things took to develop. But unlike today, the penalty for bringing a child into marriage, especially from a different father, was far greater. And back then, to be found guilty of adultery carried with it the punishment of being stoned to death. So Joseph was really at a crossroads. Does he do what is right? And the right thing according to the law was to divorce her, which might also reveal publicly the reason for that divorce. Or does he take her, Mary, to be his wife, believing she had been unfaithful? Scripture tells us what Joseph decided in Matthew 1.19. It says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Joseph had decided to, to thread the needle, balancing being just and doing what was right, while also being merciful. Because by divorcing her quietly, he hoped it might spare her the, the public consequence of being found guilty adultery. But what Joseph didn't realize was that she wasn't guilty of adultery. And God made sure he was aware of that fact. And so he sent an angel, a messenger, to tell him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Not only did the angel tell Joseph the real story about Mary's pregnancy and lack of adultery, but shared with him even bigger news that God was coming in the flesh to make his dwelling with his people. And that by his coming, he would save them. He would save them all from their sins. This is huge. This is way bigger than Santa Claus coming to town because instead this was the very God of creation, the, the holder of the universe, the Lord God Almighty, the commander-in-chief of the angel armies, entering his creation as a newborn baby. This is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah prophesied about this, and now it was happening. The virgin did conceive and bear a son, and it was God incarnate. But like the foreboding words of Santa Claus is coming to town, some might hear God as coming to this earth as a reason to fear. There is a billboard that exists that says, Don't make me come down there, signed God. This one in the picture can be found in Texas. God bless Texas. And they use the second coming of Christ as a, as a warning of impending judgment. 
which is, in a sense, true, right? God has certain expectations of us and how we should behave. And so God being with us could be taken as a reason to fear. If God is with us all the time, then he is with us when we are looking at inappropriate websites. He is with us when we are gossiping about others. He is with us when we are angrily yelling at loved ones. He is with us when we turn a blind eye to those in need. He is with us when we give into temptation and addiction. He is with us as we sin, as we heap shovel upon shovel of muck and mire onto our lives. And God is with us, knowing how we fall short of his glory, falling short of living the righteous lives he's called us to live. And without knowing the love and the mercy that accompanies God coming, we have every reason to fear. Because God sees you when you're sleeping. God knows when you're awake. God knows if you've been bad or good. And despite our best efforts to try otherwise, we fail over and over again to be good for goodness sake. But like it says in John 1.14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, God coming to us, Jesus being born in a lowly manger, set humanity on a new course. So many of us are familiar with John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Right? That's good news. And then listen to what it says in the very next verse in John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You see, this message from the angel of the Lord to Joseph was not a word of, of warning. It was not a word of impending judgment. But it was a proclamation of good news. Emmanuel. God with us was coming to set things right. By Jesus coming to live a perfect sinless life. Dying as a perfect sacrifice on the cross in our place. And granting to us the forgiveness of our sins and a resurrected life eternal with him, Jesus was not coming to condemn the world, but to save, to forgive, and to give us peace. God comes to be with us and to love us and, and to save us, and this, this is a message of hope. Because God is with us each and every day. Whether you're in the kitchen burning the cookies or in the doctor's office receiving some bad news, God is with you in all of it. He's with us to give comfort. He's with us during our trials. He is with us 
when we celebrate. And he's with us when we are at death's door. I don't know if this is an actual billboard that exists, but I think it's more accurate. It says, I've been here all along, signed God. You see, not only did Jesus come that first Christmas to save, but when Jesus rose from the dead, he sent God, the Holy Spirit, to us to work in our lives as God's people, to create faith, to know the eternal salvation that awaits them. And God, the Holy Spirit, has been here all along, helping us to know and to believe in a God that loves us, that is with us, that saves us as we experience life on this side of the resurrection, this life that is full of sin and brokenness. And it's God being with us, which is why we can sing songs like our sermon hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem, especially verse 4 that says, O holy child of Bethlehem, this is Jesus, descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, O come to us, abide with us. Our Lord, Emmanuel. This is a beautiful image. God coming to be with us. And it's a reality that Joseph witnessed firsthand. And by faith, faith created in the hearing of God's message of love and hope, Joseph went on to live the life that he was called to live. He believed in the virgin birth, and he went on to marry his betrothed and to raise Jesus as his own. And Joseph, as instructed, went on and gave to Jesus the name that means Yahweh saves. And so may the God of all peace and love, the Savior of our souls, be and abide with us today. And like with Joseph, may God live with us and in us, strengthening us in our faith until we see him face to face. Amen.